We can we can make it kind of a shorter one, I think, if anything. Yeah, I think we'll try for twenty five. Let's um, do it. But I know Peloton's going to self destruct us, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's Trent here. We're back again, and it's uh, another beautiful Sunday morning as we're recording this. Um, I've got Cole here with me. Uh, Tell him what it is. Hello, hello, everyone. Um, Doing doing fine on this this wonderful Sunday morning, Uh, though I do shed a tear. Did I I catch you off guard? We're down a friend this morning. (laughs) We are down a friend, and you've segued completely perfectly into my next point. Zach is not here. Uh, don't worry, folks. He's not dead, but well, <laughs> he's very sick. <laughs> um, so we're gonna pour one out for Zach today. Uh, I recommend you do the same. If you're of legal drinking age, I guess I probably have to say that. I don't uh, know. You can pour out but, some um, Martinelli's or something. Yeah. You know, if dude, the drink oh, of the holidays, man. Honestly, Martinelli's. Give me mm-hmm. Martinelli's any day. Um, not sponsored though. Uh. getting us back on track here uh we took a week off last week i hope you can forgive us and um you know it was just kind of busy all of us are kind of drowning at work last week just a lot to get done with the holidays and you know thanksgiving had happened we're all kind of tired out need a little bit of a brain break which is always fine but uh you know we were like there hasn't been much happening it's just like the occasional christmas ad like we can take it off it'll be fine and of course whenever we take a week off everything in the ad world seems to explode. So like, (laughs) obviously there's a lot to talk about and full disclosure, we're not going to be talking about all of it today. We're going to try and save some of it for Zach next week with Zach. If he's feeling better, we're going to be talking about uh, ad week's agency of the year awards that they handed out and our kind of thoughts on those as well as more details on the Peloton ad and some other crazy ads that have been going on. But I think we're going to start right there today, you know? So I'm sure all of you at some point now have seen or heard of or watched it been roasted, but Peloton, the lovely bike company in your home, came out with an ad that it's unconfirmed. So I'm going to say this, I guess, allegedly made by Mechanism, the ad agency out of San Francisco. They've traditionally handled all of their work and they haven't claimed responsibility for this one, but I've seen some articles saying it was them. I wonder why. I wonder why too. I'm just going to say it's allegedly done by Mechanism. Mechanism, Mechanism, if it wasn't you, I apologize. Please don't hate me for it, but it looks like it was you. So allegedly it was you. I don't know if that's the right legal way to say that without me getting in trouble, but whatever, we're going to move on. Um, it's an ad where it's this this guy gets the Peloton bike for his wife, so it's going as any other Peloton ad has. Um, and essentially it becomes her riding the bike every day but she's like oddly happy every morning to be getting on the bike even when she's sad she's oddly happy and then suddenly she's on the couch with her husband i guess a year later even though nothing has changed in the house and she's suddenly watching all these videos she's been doing on her phone because like throughout the whole thing you don't know why she's on her phone and it's like oh she's filming herself each day on the workout bike and then i guess at the end of the next year, she's showing her husband like her videos. And it's like, look how much progress I made. And it's a cool concept, but it's set up poorly. You don't understand why she's filming. Um, the direction of the like producer to the actor makes her seem super happy, even when she's like, like, oh, 6 a.m. I guess I gotta do it. But she's like smiling, like she's like, What are what is she clued exactly. into that we're not clued into? Mm-hmm. And like the fact that like 
the, okay, and I'm just going to say it. It's just, the fact that there's an extremely attractive woman who is extremely skinny and is in really good shape is on this bike working because she needs to change her life. And she ends up a year later, supposedly. There's no difference in like, like she's just as skinny as she ever was. And that's not to say that like people who are in shape already can't work out for other benefits. There's great mental benefits to working out. You get to work out to kind of just stay in shape and feel good about yourself. So I'm not bashing that at all. I totally agree with those benefits. But I think, again, the whole art direction and like the way this film was directed in general just leads to this very dystopian thing of like, why is this girl trapped here on this bike? With all that said... (laughs) Cole, do you want to just? I'm talking a lot here. You want to hop in and yeah. see what happened next? <laughs> no, I mean, this is a full course meal, and then it, we'll get into it. Yeah, I'll give a little. Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting. I think a lot of people describe it as dystopian or something, you know, some weird, like bizarre world where this is occurring because it it does almost seem like a parody of real life. You know, you think of like influencers, people that are like going out and, you know, like recording themselves all the times. And it, it feels like that kind of, uh, you know, authentic yet inauthentic, you know, plugging a message sort of a delivery, I'd say, from the from the wife the whole time. It feels just weird and not something like a real person, how a real person would act filming themselves on a bike, I guess, Yeah. if you're going to do that. Um, and then really, I mean, what it kind of shows you at the end is like, as Trent was saying, she didn't really have like a challenge to overcome. I mean, she it looked like she already had a pretty good life, but she was already <laughs> in shape. Um, and so kind of by the end of it, it's like, all right, so you got this bike so you could make a really cool video, I guess, a year later to show your husband. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of the extent of it. We didn't get anything else. She didn't conquer anything necessarily yeah. or, um, you know, really change a lot in any meaningful way but she did she did film it so we do have that it ain't but, real um, if it's not on the I ground what Trent was kind of, exactly and what Trent was kind of alluding to uh about the response to this is that it has kind of set the internet on fire for a week um everyone was talking about it um and that then led to a few things happening um a few uh we had some parodies coming out. Um, other brands kind of took it as their opportunity to fo- poke fun. Our, um, or I guess, eternal uh, ad gesture, uh, Ryan Reynolds, came back with a aviation gin ad featuring the Peloton wife, um, which we can talk about a little bit too. And we also had their competitor, Bowflex, uh, release an ad that kind of shows what, you know, a good i would say fitness bike ad could yeah let's get into like. um let's get into ryan reynolds because and i just want to say too i hate that this ad was so bad because maybe it's just because i'm a sucker but i really think the concept of like husband gets workout thing for wife who's like wanting to get in shape and wanting to like feel better and like live a healthier lifestyle and then she films her like trials and tribulations as she's getting into this mindset of working out constantly using the bike and showing it to him as a gift i think that's a super cool concept but again what the fuck was this direction (laughs) um but let's get into ryan reynolds i think in like just honestly in like a major coup like he got the actor for the peloton ad to go and do an ad for aviation gin making fun of the peloton ad like i don't know 
Mm-hmm. You would think that there would be something in her contract that when she signed with Peloton that would allow her to not do that. <laughs> so I don't know how they pulled that off, but it's freaking awesome. It's like she's at the bar with two friends just and it's set in the stage of like she was like a kidnapped victim and she's like trying to like she's like, OK, I'm safe now. I can actually breathe. And like these two girls with her who are her friends are just like trying to like let her unwind and they're like, oh. You know, and like she gets served some aviation gin at the bar and she just downs it. And they're like, oh, it's going to be a long night. Um, <laughs> and it's yeah, like, it it's, yeah, go ahead, Cole. Yeah, I was just going to say it kind of builds off of the whole thing that the Internet response to it of people saying, what is this this crazy world where this woman is forced to, you know, be on her Peloton bike for her man just like all all day or whatever. And this like capitalizes on that wacky Internet theory and blew it up into an ad. And uh, it's got the same actress, I think, as Trent mentioned and everything. Um, and so I, I think it's just crazy to see that they were able to pull this off so quickly and, uh, you know, kind of put together such a funny joke yeah. in that amount of time. It's, so. um, I, again, I Ryan Reynolds, marketer of the year, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Certainly marketer of the month. I think um, it's just again i appreciate the because let's be real i mean most people wouldn't do this mainly because they'd be scared of getting sued by peloton um and uh, dong draper which if you haven't followed that account it's a great ad meme account with a dose of also realness and uh check it out on twitter on instagram but the the owner of that had a point in a little bit of a tweet thread the other day about how you know most brands would kill the idea for this aviation gen ad like in the meeting room and it wouldn't make it out because there are too many variables like would the actress say yes would we get sued would people find it funny has the moment passed and the point was like you know you need to be bold and you need to be brave which is the same point johannes leonardo has made uh but i think that's true i also think it misses the point of like this is an incredibly hard thing to sell in and i think my takeaway is like I appreciate the nimbleness with which Aviation General moved because they literally just handed their marketing direction to Ryan Reynolds. And it's like when it's one or two people in the room versus like a bunch of people in the room, it's a lot easier to implement something this out there this quickly. And I think to, to Dong Draper's point, it's, it's great to see that, uh, you know, we've got some risk taking because I think if you're making the hits, then people are going to forget the, the misses a little bit more. Um, but let's, I don't know, any other thoughts on Ryan Reynolds? And, and finding ways to turn uh, other people's misses into your hits, you know? Exactly. Which is unintentionally, I think, something Bullflex has done too. I don't think Bullflex was like planning to release their ad right after this Peloton flop, but it worked out that way for them. Um, but Bullflex was looking for uh, some work earlier in the summer, and who, I forget who they chose as their partner. Let me see if I can find it really quick. But... Um, they came out with a campaign kind of highlighting real people, I guess. <laughs> it's a good way to sum it up. Um, oh, it was done by Fig. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it it looks like real people. It has a bunch of more real feeling stories. Their main anthem spot is a 30 second spot of like all these different people getting up out of bed and talking about how they're just getting back into exercising. And it's like, if I can do it, you can too. And I'm not going to sit here and say, like, it's a world-beating ad, but it's a good ad. And, like, I feel like compared to Peloton, it makes it seem even more ridiculous. The one I really like is there's this guy who 
starts working out on his bow flex and then he matches with this girl on probably tinder it's but it's like a unclear you know dating app and then he ends up dating her she ends up moving in and he sees all of her boxes and he's like oh i need to move my my bowflex bike to this other room and then suddenly there's a baby in the cribs in that room so he has to move his bowflex to the basement but it's got this line of like the the workout machine that grows as you do or whatever or like works like as you move through life in like all these different situations and i'm like that's kind of a cool concept um but <laughs> I think, uh it's interesting i think with I really- the- with Bowflex and and both of those ads that you reference, I mean, I think it just contrasts the Peloton one so much because it shows that like you don't, you know, it people can say, oh, you know, you shouldn't try to, you know, hold back creativity or keep people from trying, you know, edgy new ideas or things like that. And I mean, you should do those sorts of things to push the boundaries, but um, it also shows that you know, you don't, it's not that hard to make an inoffensive, you know, whether it's a Bowflex ad or whether it's anything else, um, you know, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, You're good. It's blue season. But, you know, Peloton. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. Um, but yeah, Peloton, um, you know, they're actually going to get hurt from this ad just because of, you know, there does seem to be a slightly misogynistic connotation. People don't really like that. And it's blowing up in kind of the wrong ways for them. And so, you know, by kind of going that route, they didn't, they didn't really, uh, you know, this, this ended up being a flop for them pretty majorly. And I think Bowflex just shows that it's not that hard to make an ad that is inoffensive. It kind of builds everyone up and shows real people using your product you know yeah and so I, you know it's it's just interesting i know um, and again it's like all of this uh I, I just saw an article about uh you know brands doing lean innovation oh, yeah. you know and i think that the ryan reynolds gin ad is kind of a good example of that of you know brands capitalizing on cultural moments and uh you know whipping getting real production behind things and whether it's a product whether it's a you know, a 30 second spot. Yeah, um, speaking you know, of, and make like, shout out, to, shout out to the greatest Twitter thread in brand history of Netflix capitalizing on a meme and posting what's something you can say during sex, but also when you manage a brand Twitter account. And uh, the tweets for that were fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Photoshop, who posted a photo of an elongated and clearly Photoshopped eggplant emoji saying, haters will say it's Photoshop. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely incredible. So check out that thread, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Moving. But it's it's a good point of like, I just think it's... <sighs> Mike Pedito had posted about this on LinkedIn about how like you need to make ads for real people. And it's like typically real people and real life stories aren't things that make it through the room because it feels like it's more raw. It caters to less people. It's more specific. So it won't appeal to the wider audience maybe. And I'm extrapolating a little bit on what he was saying, but uh, I think that's a fair point that like often like in the effort to tell real stories, we forget that real stories aren't always necessarily universal. Like there are those universal stories, but if we want to hit something raw and in the moment, it's like if we're targeting people who need to get in shape and who want to turn their life around or people who want to just have a bike to stay fit and like be healthy and like feel good about themselves, like there's different stories for each of those groups. And sometimes to tell a real story to a specific targeted audience, you need to be willing to 
have an ad that doesn't speak to all groups. And I think by trying to have an ad that speaks to all groups, Peloton came across speaking to no one and having it be really weird. Uh, and with that, because we've spent about 14 minutes on one ad, there's your full course meal for the day. Ad of the week. No, it's not the ad of the week. I'm going to say this is the ad of the week, um, which didn't even happen this week. It happened last week. Again, there's been a lot going on, guys, but bear with us. <laughs> Busy times um, here at the salad office. Yeah, the salad offices. <laughs> um, Sesame Street, 50th anniversary this year. Everyone is partnering with them. And Squarespace is the latest. And honestly, it's amazing. I love it. It makes me so, so happy. Um, Sesame Street's Oscar the Grouch uh, finds fame and misery as a garbage artist. Now, that's the ad age title. But what it doesn't tell you is how freaking funny and on point with today's society it is to have a long form film where Oscar is living in his trash can, trying to clear up the trash around him, organize a little bit more. And this girl walks out and is like, whoa, you made this? And he's like, what, my trash? And she's like, this is incredible. And she takes a photo and builds a website for him on Squarespace. And he just catapults into fame as this famous designer who everyone just wants his trash in museums and stuff. And he's getting interviewed and he's like super unhappy with all the attention. There's a great scene where he's in a limo and he's just like everyone's trying to get like a photo with him. And he's just so depressed. It's just his trash can sitting on the car seat. <laughs> um but ultimately, he realizes he's the most happy he's ever been because from all this attention, he's become the most miserable he's ever been, which is a funny little twist for Oscar the Grouch to be happy that he's unhappy. Um, but it's a really great ad. It shows off some great benefits of the website. It's a cool extension from a, a Squarespace's a, a website makes it real uh, campaign. And uh, it's already sold out. I mean, it sold out like instantly. But uh they uh, they had limited edition art capsules from the Sesame uh, Workshop, um, which is like the nonprofit behind Sesame Street. And it was just like a bunch of different like like tr seemingly trash from the Sesame Street world made by artist uh, Justin uh, Gignac. And uh, you could buy it like in these little like branded square clear cubes uh, and it went to charity. Um, so it's pretty funny. But yeah, what do you think, Cole? What's that? What's the bite size take on this? <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> emphasis on the bite sized. Um, no, I, I think it's a really awesome, awesome campaign. And I didn't even know about that um, charity element as well. I actually just navigated to the site. It's, it's really funny. It's got, yeah, just total trash. Like, there's actually a strawberry, a literal like old strawberry in one of these uh, trash bins that they were yeah, selling. Like eggs in another, uh, like a bit cookie. Exactly. Pretty <laughs> gross. But, yeah, but pretty great. Um, and I just think that this is, again, we, we had another Sesame Street ad, um, I think with farmers a couple weeks ago, that was really good too. Um, you know, I think that Sesame Street's a good nostalgia trip, uh, to fall back onto, but I think that the, the reason, at least that I think these ads are so successful and fun is that it takes the characters um and puts them in new situations but has them acting in like familiar ways you know and this uh ad was all about oscar the grouch obviously um in his trash art but it kind of puts them in a different new sort of situation and something for the internet age so to speak you know oscar the grouch seeing viral fame for his modern trash art like that's definitely a 2019 <laughs> sort of a concept um, and twisting, you know, Oscar the Grouch in some interesting ways. But uh, I think that they did it really successfully. It's a clever ad and does a really good job. And I think that it, um, 
you know, it contrasts pretty well something that Xfinity did um, on Thanksgiving weekend um, when everyone was watching uh, football. Um, they put up a series of ads, um, and one of them they were they were all kind of based around ET. Um, so kind of the concept that ET came back to visit. Um, the kid from the original, I, I forget what his name is, but anyway, he's grown up now. He has a family and E.T. basically comes back in the ad and, you know, is kind of introducing himself to, you know, his kids and all this other stuff. But the whole point of the ad is that they show E.T. Oh, a lot's changed since you've been gone. The internet's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and showing off at fast Xfinity speeds on the way, but, um, basically what happened in that ad was it kind of just repeated the same things that had been done before. You know, he does, ET does the little, you know, I'll be right here thing with his finger. They ride a bike, you know, across the moon. Um, it's all of the same sort of beats that the original movie hits and it doesn't really do anything new. And so, I mean, I don't really know who was looking for, ET to come back necessarily. Ooh, <laughs> um, I don't know where that where that draw was, but I didn't think that they really did a very good job of it. They kind of, uh, I think, botched it in a lot of ways. They used a really iconic character, and they didn't really do a lot with him. Um, and I don't know that I don't know whether it hurt or helped Xfinity, um, but I think that the Squarespace ad really showcases how to take those legacy characters and nostalgia and use it in the right ways. Uh, to create something new and fun. I think you so. said something there that I thought really resonated with me, which is that the Squarespace ad was successful because we enjoy seeing characters we know and love acting mm -hmm. true to form in new situations. Like we always want more contact content. And um, I think the tricky thing with something like ET is when you're taking something known and love, but putting it in the exact same situation as before, you're always going to compare it to the previous one is not it's going to be more difficult to resonate it's not that it won't resonate i think we all enjoyed seeing macaulay culkin and google home recreate home alone but it, it just makes it a lot more difficult and if you can really capture the spirit of a character in a new situation you've kind of blessed the fans of that that character with a new piece of content to add to that that watch list and i think that that can be so much more successful and speaking of things coming back you know, it feels like at this point, all decades are coming back. And maybe I can't fully evaluate because I wasn't alive in the 70s, 80s. I guess I was alive in the 90s. But um, it feels like fashion is always coming back. Different trends are coming back. One day, they'll probably look at all these baggy clothes and be like, what? But um, Instagram shopping in Mother New York had a funny kind of insight that uh, with all these new fashion trends coming back, they should do a ad showing the Instagram shopping features um, and, sh and with a reference to how fashion is kind of coming back from the 90s. And what they did is uh, they partnered with Celine Dion herself um, to recreate her 1996 music video, It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Um, and it's in this like gothic mansion, dark night, like kind of like... It's really it's just very similar to the original one and it's it's just freaking funny but instead of like her ghostly boyfriend she's like wooed by the clothing and fashion from the past and she's like looking at all these different things and as she's walking around the the mansion singing her song there's the little like instagram ui of like the different brands and like instagram pages behind like the different products popping up over them and it ends with her like shopping on the app getting some stuff 
Um, it's a 60-second spot uh, directed by Matt Lambert of Pretty Bird and uh, styled by Mel Ottenberg. And then Mother New York was behind the creative with Instagram. And it's a pretty freaking funny just to see it recreate or recreate, recreated. Um, and it's just one of those spots that you're like, you know, it's it's the perfect amount of cheesy. And I feel like a funny piece of nostalgia, too, because, again, it's like we're making something and we're twisting it a little bit. And it's just so spot on to the original one, too, that like, you can't help but laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, definitely. And I think um, you really hit the nail on the head. It, it's another nostalgia trip done right. Um, you know, it kind of, it, it does a lot of 90s sort of homages and um, it it brings back a lot of those old fashions and stuff. And it really showcases kind of how fashion has kind of gone back to that point in, in, uh, in a lot yeah. of ways, uh, which is funny. Um, and it also makes, you know, Celine Dion a lot more relevant too uh, for this ad. And I think that she does a great job. And I mean, I think it's just with a lot of things that mother does um, it's, you know, great production. The thing looks uh just like the original too. Um, but it's kind of funny as the, as the video goes on, you start noticing little Instagram shopping tags, uh, pop up on her different outfits as she's singing and stuff. And you start to realize, Oh, that's where she's buying all this stuff. She's getting it all off of Instagram. And, you know, I feel like Instagram is really just starting to capitalize on these shopping features. Um, I know personally, uh, I've been almost roped into buying a lot of different things on Instagram for whatever <laughs> it reason. It it's so just like, easy. It's just like, oh, I think no. a platform that's almost like built. It's almost like built for shopping in, in uh, for like, I feel like Gen yeah. Z and millennials in a lot of interesting ways. But um, I think this ad really capitalizes on a lot of the things that make it so compelling. Um and I don't know, I think it highlights it in a really fun, uh, you know, yeah. interesting way. And you top know, to talent. talent, gotta love so. Celine. Gotta um, love <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, I think on a similar note, we're going to wrap up today with the Spotify wrap up. Uh, don't worry, we'll be back again soon. We will be back again next week. Appreciate bearing with us as we took that break. Uh, hopefully Zach will be back with us too. And we can dive into some more of these bigger topics too. Like, uh, a little bit more on the Peloton ad, because obviously we could have filled a full episode with it and, uh, some other stuff, but, uh, as always as Spotify does, and we've talked about before, um, Spotify has done Spotify wrapped for 28, 2019, but uh, a little bit of an extra special twist because it's technically the end of the decade, which is really weird. Uh, especially probably for us and for all of you, because we've gone from being, uh, pubescent boys in middle school to uh hopefully no longer pubescent men with careers <laughs> in the span of one decade so life's a trip <laughs> arguable we're st- arguable. Uh, arguable unlike boys to men we yes. haven't quite become men i don't know but uh it's uh it's a process and uh the ads are great they did a great little story inside the app where you could experience it I was surprised to see I dropped from 67,000 minutes to 56,000 minutes of listening this year. Salad was my number three favorite podcast. So take that as a ringing endorsement of our platform. Oh. And uh, <laughs> and it's good, but their out-of-home ads are always funny. Um, and I just want to call out again, because I'm starting to see these around town in LA. Um, there's just some great ads. And I think the cool feature is doing stuff like showing the course of listening over the course of the year so like there's a little nos x one where it's like 
how many horses did little Nas X have in the back in 2019? And it's like in January, it's like, oh, there were like 600,000 listens. Then it was like 1.6 million listens in February. And then April, it was like 47 million. And then like, you know, it keeps going up. And it, it as the number increases per month, you see like, in this case, the horse getting bigger and bigger to the point where it's 47 million streams in April. The horse is like completely off the screen except for the back half of it. And they did one of that like from Mariah Carey too, where it's like, all I want for Christmas is you streams over the course of the year. And it's like by every four month segment. And then like in December, Mariah Carey is just completely off the page. You see just the bottom of her dress. It's like little funny activations like that are cool. And I think it's a, a good example again of Spotify just using consumer data to in a non-creepy way, bring kind of surprise and delight to its listeners and make them feel like they're part of something bigger and make them have a fun way to reflect on their decade and their year as well. But Cole, do you have anything you want to say on that too? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Spotify wrapped. Um, it's something I look forward to every year um, just because I, you know, being a uh, data analyst over here, um, I can be kind of a data <laughs> nerd sometimes and I think that these ads are like the perfect execution um, of kind of using data and people's in, in, you know, a lot of creepy ways, using people's personal information um, in order to create really fun, compelling um, and interesting ads and experiences for your customers. Um, so, I mean, I think it's always interesting to see, you know, what artist was, was your top, like all these different stats. They did a thing this year that was kind of fun. They did how many countries um, were the artists you listened to from. Uh, I think that was that was kind of cool, too. And um, to Trent's point, too, I mean, we were uh, we were driving around a few different parts of L.A., Hollywood and um, kind of up uh, in like Silver Lake and whatnot. And I mean, we probably saw I think I probably saw three Spotify ads the whole time while we were out there and they are super fun there. Um, you know, they're as Trent was saying, you know, they they make good use of the data and they visualize it in really fun ways. And I think that the style this year has definitely been like the repetition. Um, they've had a lot of, you know, pictures that are like replicated um, across the ad space. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I just think they always do a really good job of making it feel personalized, yet also taking those, you know, macro level data uh, in like sets and, and making them uh, into something yeah. cool. And, and it bears, really cool, it bears uh, noting too, like, They've definitely redeemed themselves this year with their um, their top 100 playlist for the year. I just put that out there too. I think everyone I talked to, myself included, I hated theirs last year. I was like, this isn't my top 100 songs. What the hell? Uh, and this year they've been killing it. It's a fire yeah. playlist I got going on. So uh, yeah, I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Same. And one thing I really liked that they did too was they did um, Your Best mm -hmm. of the Decade, um, where I think what they did was they took... Um, based on your listening history, they chose artists from the 2010s and they gave a, at least what I got is I got a playlist of, I think like a hundred songs um, from artists that come out in the 2010s, but not necessarily ones that I listen to. Some of them I do, um, but I don't think any of the songs are in my oh, library really? at this point. Um, so I thought that was a really cool. That's cool. That yeah, well. it is interesting because it's it's some stuff I listen to and it's some stuff I don't listen to, but it's like in the same like circles. Um, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So look at Spotify, you know, definitely Google. You can take a note for how to not awkwardly <laughs> use people's data. Um, 
and it's good. Life is good. Um, (laughs) So we'll be back again next Tuesday. I'm working on securing a couple interviews for us here. And to be honest, it's going to take a little bit of time because we're busy and other people are busy. But I'm hoping to have some stuff for you, if not by the end of December, then by the start of the new year. And uh, we'll just keep keep rolling through this. But it's been fun. Appreciate all of you listening. We're rolling up almost. It's crazy to think. Almost on a year straight of doing salad consistently. It's not our one-year birthday. We technically started two years ago. But to have been doing this consistently for a year and to have the support of all of you out there listening has been really cool. And it's definitely something I know we're all grateful for here. Uh, I say that at a weird time, but you know we missed Thanksgiving a little bit and New Year's is still down the road. So I just want to let you know that I'm thankful for all of you. Now, uh, I think we're going to kind of wrap it up here today. But I uh, appreciate all of you tuning in. We'll see you again here next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And have an ad-tastic week. 